Hey, it's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. My name is Paul Farvar, your host. This episode features therapist Zara Mood and the voice of reason, Patty Vasquez. Uh, Zara is a therapist who has a lot of experience with comedians, and uh, this is a fun little episode. You will enjoy it. Check out my website, Paul F. Comedy, for upcoming dates. I will be at the Laugh Factory in Chicago June 21st and 22nd for Verified Laughs on the 22nd, and then Comedy Zone in Vero Beach, Florida, June 24th, 25th. Next week, I am at the Milwaukee Improv with Rob Little. June 30th through the 2nd. And then the following week, I'm back in Florida at Laugh-In Comedy Club, headlining there, one of my favorite comedy clubs in Fort Myers. Check it out. Tell your friends. If you want to get a shirt, the Better Call Paul shirts, email me at pfarvar at gmail.com. Email me anyway if you have any questions, concerns, or ideas or thoughts on this. If you give me a review too, let me know as well, and I'll send you a free shirt. I still have four of the singles only shirts available um if you are a small or an extra extra large you are out of luck but yeah please review me share this tell all your friends and um yeah it's been fun it's a fun little summer here we're gonna have some fun and this episode is no different check out our sponsors get in bitch we are going to take back our power You heard me right. I mean, why get mad when you can get absolutely everything? If you want to learn to become a master manifester, attract anything and anyone, you have met the perfect guide. My name is Cece, and I am a life and spiritual coach guiding others to heal themselves. On my podcast, That Bitch is Positive, we talk about everything from the quantum physics behind manifesting to how to deal with that X. Sometimes we will laugh. Sometimes we will cry, but we will always leave feeling empowered. If you're ready to dust off that crown and take back that throne, join us every Thursday and listen in to That Bitch is Positive, your future self. Okay, I know it's all fun and games. My Better Call Paul spiels on stage or my shirts that say Better Call Paul, uh, Donating a lot of the money for charity, by the way. Um, PaulFComedy.com, you can get your shirt, as always. But here's the thing. If you actually need a lawyer, you have to get professional help. So if you're injured on the job, you don't know what kind of compensation you're entitled to. Or you're injured in a car accident. Don't handle something on your own. And don't call some random person that you see in commercials on daytime TV. Call someone that really knows what they're doing. Someone that's helped workers who were injured for over 20 years in Chicago and beyond. My good friend, attorney Scott Shapiro. He is your man. Give him a call. Here's the thing. He also handles entertainment law. Whether you're a comedian, a musician, a podcaster, a wrestler, an actor, anything. He's handled all these things for 20 years here in Chicago. He is your guy. Give him a call, 312-627-1650, or email him at scott at scottshapirolegal.com. All consultations initially free of charge. Your first consultation is free. You have nothing to lose. Don't take any chances. Call my friend Scott Shapiro, 
312-627-1650. Scott at scottshapirolegal.com. Tell him I sent you. You're welcome. Hey, it's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. My name is Paul Farvar. Riding shotgun is the voice of reason, Patty Vasquez. Hey, Patty. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me back. Oh, always a pleasure to have you here. In fact, uh, if it wasn't for your schedule and my schedule being so difficult, uh, you'd be on here all the time. In fact, more <laughs> than I would be. I would just have you do it, and then I would just produce it and be in the background, just drinking coffee and eating there burritos. By the way, today was the first time I've ever come here where traffic on the Kennedy was fantastic until, and I think everyone was going like 100 miles an hour because they couldn't believe that the Kennedy was so <laughs> wide open, and then there was a massive accident right in front of me. Like, I feel oh, like wow. I jinxed everybody on the Kennedy. Huh. Yeah, like like right in front of me. We're doing it earlier than normal. We yes. usually do later, but yes. uh, our we recorded a guest that was so early. I was like, oh, that means I have to go to bed early tomorrow to wake up early. But well, I apologize that I was late. No, it was fine. She was late too. It all worked I'm out. Always late. But that's not this guest. So, no. but we have a special guest for us today. Uh, she's a crisis worker and a former employee at comedy clubs, mm-hmm. multiple comedy clubs, including mm-hmm. Zany's here in Chicago, which we talked about for a little bit. Zara Mood. Did I say it right? Ahmed. Ahmed, motherfucker. We gotta start this all over. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Reset. Fix it in post. <laughs> can't fix things in post. <laughs> Zara, you are single. Yes, I am. Now, you've been around comedy for how long? You've worked at, you worked at the DC Improv mm-hmm. and also Zany's in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I started at Zany's in 2017 and then I did a year back home. I'm from Maryland. And so in that year, I worked at the DC Improv for that summer as well. Okay. Okay. So you also are a crisis manager, mm-hmm. which... Is perfect <laughs> for, for working with comedians. <laughs> like, why is it? And and you've uh, you've dated comedians in the past. I have. Well, dated is a loose term. Okay, we'll get to that. But why do you think? And we talked about this recently with an episode of with Jeffrey Asmus, uh, who's dating a therapist. I personally have dated therapists multiple times. Why do you see there is that connection? Why don't you? I mean, I don't want to state the obvious, but what what is your, as a professional, why do you see that that happens so often? I think as a therapist, you are embedded in empathy. So you have a little bit more patience than other people might. Okay. And I think comedy needs patience. Okay. Comedy or comedians, we need patience? Both. All right. I think, I think the comedy world needs patience. No, right? I think you're right, actually. So it takes a while for things to happen for you professionally, but also we're fucked up. It's, it's also a brutal work job, right? Like it's brutal. You're in open mics five times a week. Right. And you have to understand that. And as like when I'm dating people and I've dated comedians where who come over after open mics and they're coming over at like 2am and it's just a different, it's just different. Mm -hmm. I think. That's like when we get off work sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and also they can come home and either feel elated by by what they did or exactly. else feel like they they don't want to go on. Cuz I've told you this before, yeah. the thing about comedy is that the highs are high and are addictive and the lows are really low, I mean like suicidal low, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the trick is to live in the middle. And mm-hmm. and the, it's hard to find those comedians that are, you know, comfortable by the, and stable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, for me, it was easier. I, I, I still feel the lows and I feel the highs, but I had a different career before and I started late in comedy. So I, I was more mature starting uh, than a lot of my peers. But that being said, like, and, and we, we feel them so much more than they are. But if you go back and just objectively listen to what you think was a bomb and what you think was amazing, sonically, it's very fucking close. Thank you very much. And I, yes. I remember I just did a show where I did a show at a seven and nine o'clock and I recorded both shows. I'm like, oh, I fucking bombed that first show. And I crushed the second show. And I went back to watch them yeah. to get clips. I was like, wait. This is the same. They were great. Well, mm-hmm. you know, working in clubs, like anything can happen to the audience. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of this, uh, it, it, I don't want to say mob mentality, but there is a sort of a crowd effect, mm-hmm. isn't there? Yeah, and they influence the way the comedians are going to take, right? So if the host doesn't do well, the feature doesn't do well, the headliner doesn't do well. Or the headliner has a lot of pressure to bring the show back up. Mm-hmm. And then like we're, as servers, I served at Zany's for a long time, Um that also depends on our tips, right? So then we're not in a good mood. And if, Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Right? It affects so, you if they had a shitty time. Mm-hmm. So if the show sucks, we, we also then suck, right? And then the club sucks as a whole. And then that, that just runs the night for the rest of the time. That's even more pressure now, isn't it? Do, you, do servers hate it then when, it, when a comedian comes in and, and uh, sells out the show because then it's more work for you and no we love that okay that's That's what what we want how about comedians that go over i mean like oh my god that's the worst the headliners that go over are just the worst because we the problem is is we don't know that they're going to go over right so they get the light and 15 minutes before that we're already told to close out our tabs Mm -hmm. so then the tabs are closed if the comedian goes over even 40 minutes that's 40 minutes without serving or an opportunity to gain more Right on the checks. And well, stuff. if they don't know, right? Because laugh. Uh, Zanies does the. You don't. Uh, you guys do the drop after the mm-hmm. check drop after the show. So that's that pisses off the audience mm-hmm. too because they haven't had a drink for a while. Mm-hmm. At DC Improv, I remember I had a. Um, we had a headliner who went over um, an hour and a half, and we had. Ch- we had not served for two hours, and then now we're standing in the back watching the show happen and just begging him to. Stop. Please tell so us that we can continue. Please tell I us. can't tell okay, you tell who me, it was. Tell, tell me afterwards. After the show. Yes. I had a comedian I worked with who went 10 minutes over and he felt so bad he went and tipped everyone yeah, in the bar 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah. We also have had those comedians. And it was only 10 minutes Improv, though, yeah. Who have who did a pop-up show and because we all had to stay up later on a Sunday and we did a third show on Sunday after 11 shows. Um it was he tipped all of us $50. Oh, wow. like, you can tell us who that was. Michael Shea. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That's great. It was so nice. He didn't have to do that. And we were really excited for him to do the pop-up show anyways. He also went over the light. And we had closed out out the tabs. But the show was so good. He brought up Tony Woods. Mo Ammer was there. Um, Shippa Shouts was also on stage. So all four of them were riffing for about an hour. And it was just this beautiful interaction. So going back to the highs and highs and lows are low, you as a... uh, empathetic crisis worker Mm -hmm. therapist are there for that person. Yeah. Obviously in the lows, what do you do with the highs? Do you just try to like, be like, chill the fuck out. You're not (laughs) that cool. Like, how does that, how do you deal with our highs? Like I know, I know if I crush on a show, I'm unbearable for an hour, at least, (laughs) at least as you should be. Right. I think it's like a, it's pride. 
too. But I think for me, like I'm a therapist, I'm not their therapist, right? And I also one thing but about you me are personally, though. but I am. They don't. A lot <laughs> they of don't them, know that. A lot of them don't have a therapist, so right. you're the closest thing to a therapist. Yeah. That that's a good point. I think one about one thing about me personally is that I know how to match energy, and I think that's also what makes me a good crisis counselor is that I can match that energy if we're in that high mania stage that intensity of the grandiose the 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 likelihood the goal-oriented behavior I can match that and I think that also helps and also deters me in the dating world because it just it's a struggle because then people because they don't like that well right? also it's a lot of it's a taxing on you mm-hmm. in order to have to shift like that mm-hmm. as well it, and I can shift really easily and I can do it for clients all the time but I think for people I have to create more boundaries around that and like be more calm cool collected but then but then they don't feel like heard and they don't feel like they can relate to me and so then that becomes another problem Will you when you say you match energy is that something you're taught to do as a therapist or that's just something innate in you and you or both I think I think it's because I've never heard that before I think it's just me. Well, not just me. I'm sure there's other therapists who've experienced that too. Um, and then there's people out there in the world that can match that energy, right? And they're called empaths or empathetic. And they have that ability to be able to feel what other people are feeling. I think that's the goal, right? And so when I'm feeling what other people are feeling, both in the highs and the lows, I can relate. I can like empathize a little bit better and I can help them and support them in that, in that space. Do you think that the empaths tend to come from a place of their own trauma as well? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you're matching energy of comedians and, and, and your clients, and you said it's hard in, in dating, why, is that, why, do you think, why do you think that is? Because I would think that that would be a positive that you're, abil- you're able to match the energy. You think that it turns people away or you think it's something else like they're intimidated by it well i have to also backtrack type of men that i date are mostly emotionally unavailable so when someone is matching their energy it becomes really intimidating for them because then it's like oh this person knows me they know me too well and i don't like that and so then they back up so if if someone was like mentally healthy or stable or at baseline is what we call it then they would be able to accept that for how it is right instead of instead of deterring it or being scared of it well it's also like you you hit it on at least for me as an emotionally unavailable emotionally immature human being who's who's grown it's all relative right (laughs) but um that it's intimidating when someone knows you Mm -hmm. and they they feel like you can see through them Mm -hmm. and then they they walk they run away probably Mm -hmm. and then they lie and then they try to like take things away. They try to minimize things often about themselves. About you mean? themselves. Yeah. I'm guessing yeah. some gaslighting. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not. Th- it's not gaslighting because they're trying to. They're trying to be like, okay. oh no, that's not a big deal. Like yeah. they're protecting themselves mm-hmm. more than gaslighting. But it is a little. Well, both. I don't think anybody purposely. They they don't realize that they're doing it to manipulate somebody or to to have control over somebody too. In order to sometimes. sometimes. I think it's isn't it more the fact that, like you know you've seen them in their dark place and they're like yeah. oh it wasn't that, it wasn't that dark like and they're trying to they're trying to minimize their trauma because they right. don't want to be vulnerable mm-hmm. to someone exactly and that probably freaks them the fuck out yeah. i mean i i would be like that like i make a joke on stage where i saw the mr rogers movie and i and i cried on a date and i was like well i'm never gonna see that girl again <laughs> because i don't want someone to see mm-hmm. me in that vulnerable state mm-hmm. 
So that's what you experience in the yeah. dating world. Yeah, and you're missing out on that chance for that person to be supportive and and validating. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Right, no. but that's what we want out of relationships: is that support. That's and what validation. you want. <laughs> this thing, this podcast's over. <laughs> no, I, I I can see that, but you um, you say that all these guys, you, where, where are you meeting them? Dating apps pr- predominantly. Clubs. Or? open not open mics i don't go to open mics comedy but, clubs mm-hmm. so you only meet comedians i then. only meet comedians so i'm on the dating apps but i also find the comedians on the dating apps too and so like i have a new rule if i see someone on stage i swipe left because it's just it's too much how many comedians have you dated approximately dating is a loose term i suppose um officially dated two and then connected with connected with several others i don't know okay um, but officially dated two and they were nightmares. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> nightmares. Um, have you, since you've recovered from this, uh, comedy experience, having left the comedy club as well, are you dating people that are, uh, have normal nine to five jobs? Yeah. Which is not as fun. And yeah. I, like I worked in the comedy scene for a long time and like my jobs are like, I work night times too. So it works out. the schedule Perfectly. just works out. But nine to fives aren't as fun. They're not as fun. And now I work 12 hour shifts. So I'm oh. like, so if I do go out on a date after work, it's like it, you must, I must be really into you mm-hmm. to like take that. And what are the, what are the things that you've, I'm assuming now you find out immediately if they're emotionally unavailable and you walk away or do you say, I'm going to save this person still? <laughs> I never have said that think that I might have thought it in the past I like to think that I I have better boundaries now now that I'm 30 years old but in my earlier 20s late 20s like it was like oh I could you know maybe I'm the person who will change that maybe I'm the reason that they'll get better and that's not safe that's not a safe place okay so you are you know now that you're not going to date a comedian again correct I mean I'm open to it I'm not against it (laughs) I like comics. I like the scene. I like the work that they do. It's a really difficult job to do. Um, and it takes a lot of hard work and it's a lot of self-determination. But haven't you learned your lesson? <laughs> I mean, the I've one met a thing. Lot of great comedians. Okay. And who have stable relationships. Not that I'm like, yeah, see. Patty, I've, yeah. I've been in a, in a But you're not dating a comedian. I, I did date com- Yeah, yeah, that was bad. Okay. <laughs> no, it wasn't too bad. But he's dating a comedian, right? And so, yeah, and then her his relationship. He's married to a comedian. Yeah. No. What a nightmare. Poor Kevin Naughton. We have to bring him up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he, that's was true. La- he was the last person I dated before my husband. Oh, really? I love Kevin Naughton. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. He, he was gave- my Monday, when I uh, managed on Monday yeah. nights. That's how I met you. Mm-hmm. He's the one that gave me my first real opportunity at saying he's in old town. He's great. Yeah, he's great. A little old school. That's why a little it didn't old work. school. Yeah. Very old. So <laughs> he said some inappropriate things in the past. <laughs> that would be how that ended. <laughs> so you date have have connected with a lot of comedians, mm-hmm. and you still are open to that, even though you swipe left when you see that they're mm-hmm. on the dating app. And I haven't been on a dating app in few months now where I used to be on and off, on and off, on and off. So I'm taking a break from the dating apps right now. So you're not dating now at all? No, I'm, I'm not in a relationship, but I am dating someone. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's dating. It's really complicated. Okay. Um, non-comedian, I hope. Non-comedian okay, good. with a nine to five and he's not boring, but he just 
It's not the same. Yeah, he's not spontaneous. It's, it's a spark. He's not exciting. <laughs> yeah. I'm the I'm like an extrovert in relationships too. So that that takes a you know. And a lot of comedians are introverted. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, like as soon as I'm off stage, I don't want to talk to anybody. Well, plus we disappear emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know, depending once we're on gone. Be, well before once the no, but I mean like once before a show, like I'm done 2 hours before a show, you can't have a conversation with me. It's Oh, awesome. really? Oh, yeah. See, I'm the opposite. Call, my husband calls it the zone. I can't. I'm starting to play out with the sets. I think after a show is when I'm like, I'm like, I can't. I'm just drained because I'm just. See? But before a show, She's like, like, I've seen all this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you are uh, embedded in empathy, like you said. Why are you wasting your energy <laughs> on comedians? <laughs> I wouldn't call it wasting energy. Okay. There's a lot of. Have you had positive relationships with comedians? I have had positive relationship okay. with comedians, and I've like had I've uh, like had hookups with comedians, and then turned into friendships and things like that Good. too. Yeah. So they're not all bad. But the ones that were toxic were toxic. Oh my gosh! Yes. Why were they toxic? Well, one of them that I dated, and this was um, right before I started working on Zanies, and he claims that he's the reason I got my uh, job at Zanies mm-hmm. and because he wrote a letter it was like a whole thing and I was like I asked him not to I already had the interview and I was right. like already about to nail it and um the interview went really well I got a second interview with Bert directly and that like never happened at that point and so they were like who who hired you and I was like Bert hired me they're like Bert hired you mm-hmm. and um so he like claims that the he, old uh, manager uh of, of operations Zanies. at Zany, all Zanies is in Chicago. And so he claimed that. However, he would not commit to a relationship with me and then finally committed. And then the night, one night I had gone to a show in the suburbs of Illinois and it was like an hour and a half drive there, an hour and a half drive back. And we were like, it was two o'clock in the morning. To see we this down. comic? Yeah, but we went together. Okay. And we were laying down in bed and then his ex called in the middle of the night. And you could feel the shift change, like everything changed. And he broke up with me the next day. He was like, I just don't think I'm over her. And I'm like, well, clearly. Well, did you ever learn later that she wasn't really an ex or something like that? Or was it just that call that triggered the whole thing? It it triggered the whole thing. He broke up with her. No, I'm saying, was that the first initiation by the ex calling? Mm -hmm. And I think it, did she see him at a show or something? I don't know why. It was like two, two, three o'clock in the morning. So he was like, maybe she's drunk. And I was like, I don't want to have this conversation. He answered the call. No, he did not. Oh my God. I would have flipped out. And so the next day he broke up with me and then we like continued having some kind of like situationship for like several months where he was still dating this other person. And then he was in couples therapy with her while he was like hooking what? up with me. And couples I was like, ther- how long did they date it? for? They had dated previously. For how and then, long? I don't know. I think a few, ye- maybe a year or two. Okay. Is she a comedian? Yes. Okay. Okay. So they had a connection and then they, they went on, they had this couple's therapy while he was still with me. And I was like, you're lying to her. He's like, I'm not lying. I'm technically single. And I'm like, but you're starting a relationship off based off of a lie. Restarting a relationship. Restarting right. a relationship. And wow. Yeah. And so, and no fault to her. And I, at that time I was, I was no, like against women all the time. And I was like, she's this, she's that. And it's like, it had nothing to do with her. The whole time. It was him. It was him. It had nothing to do with Fuck. her. And I was so mean about it. And like her her pictures hanging up at Zany's and I'd be like, oh, this girl. And that's not fair. And yeah. that was not nice of me. And it was all his fault. And he was making those decisions as a grown 
as a grown adult and he was making these decisions and it was just really hurtful. He hurted a lot of people in them in the way. Yeah. And uh, then he went on to make great movies. Kevin Hart. Shout out to <laughs> Kevin Hart. Hashtag. I feel like I know who this is, but we'll talk later. Uh, I don't know who it is. I think I do, but I don't I don't want to know, actually, to be honest with you, because I think I know the woman. So, yeah. Um, okay. So after this situationship, he went back to her? Yeah. And but I, it, they're not together anymore. Okay. And so I'd moved back home. We had I had moved back home, and we were talking for about a month or two, just like, like friends and we had we were friends before we started dating we had known each other through work um through my day job before i even started in the comedy scene um for a while and so he i moved back to chicago and we went out i saw him do a show and then he like kissed me on the lips and was like this cute little romantic kiss and then the next day i was at zany's and i was like talking to my friend and i was like guess what you'll never guess who kissed me and she was like oh no I have some news for you and I don't want to be the one to tell you. I was like, tell me. He's like, he has a girlfriend and he had like been in a relationship for a year. Different girl now. With a different girl. Wow. And so after that, like, again, same thing. I was in my <laughs> late 20s, did not love women. Like, uh, yeah. And it was like really like mad at him. But this time I was only mad at him. I wasn't mad at her because she, no fault to her. Like he's doing, again, making these grown up decisions by himself. Did you um, ever think to call that girl and just explain so my to her? My sister did. My oh, sister wow. found her Instagram and was like, this guy is like bad for you. And they decided to continue their relationship. I don't know where they're at now. I've unfollowed and stopped talking to him since. But he had reached out to me and he's like, look, I made a mistake, but I'm in love with this person and I want this to work. And I, in order to do that, I can't be your friend. I was like, okay, that's a good decision. You're healthy. Healthy, right? Or and healthier, like taking, I don't know about healthy. Healthier. Well, taking care of himself. How old choosing. is this guy? I think he's he's older than me. I think he's in I don't know how old he's he in is his thirties. He's in his thirties. Okay. So maybe mid thirties now. Hmm. So So after that relationship you decided to have another toxic relationship with another comedian. So do you know what love bombing is? No, what's that? Okay, so love bombing is like what narcissists use to like kind of control the situation. So this person love bombed me in a very not as intense as I'm gonna make it sound. But um, love bombing is like when you like fill someone with affection and love and like you're like, oh, oh right. I'm so into you. I like yeah. I'm really into you. This That's gaslighting. Yeah. That's gaslighting. They say I love you really fast. They say I love you really fast. He used to say things like I would never want to date any other woman after wow. you. Like you're I would never like lose my interest in you for like a month. So we August of last year from August 1st to, to Labor Day in September, um, I had gone home for the weekend and I'd come back. I hadn't talked to him all weekend. And I'd come back and I'd said, hey, what's up? Like, are we okay? And it started off. It was a two-hour conversation. This is after he said we can't be friends anymore? This is, no, this comedian. is where we're dating. Oh, this is a different comedian. Mm-hmm. So okay. we're dating. And How long after the other guy, you stopped being friends, did you start doing this? Like guy? three years. Okay. Oh, wow. it's, so it's significant. It's been a long time. Yeah. And, and in that meantime, you dated other comedians or whatever mm-hmm. and other normals mm-hmm. and okay. other normals fine um throughout then and this is the new comedian that you met mm-hmm. and i met him at the lincoln lodge okay um and Shout i had a crush on lincoln him lodge. yeah and i told one of my friends who was another comedian who was a good friend of mine and i was like oh if you just want to like drop a hint like go ahead and so he did and the guy approached me almost immediately and we got a round of shots we started hanging out we had a date plan the next day so a month of this of love bombing and this like intensive 
relationship. You were seeing each other too, though. Mm -hmm. We were, he was sleeping over about three to four times a week. He was coming over. He was the guy that was coming over at 2 a.m. And then I worked 10 hour shifts the next day as a therapist. And so this two hour conversation, a Labor Day weekend or after Labor Day weekend started off. Yeah, we're okay to you listen to too much Taylor Swift. And I just don't relate to you to I don't think we're romantically compatible. I'm like, where did this come from? Like, you've been saying all these things. And I'm like crying on the phone. And I'm like, why am I crying? Like, what is this? He's saying kind of it is like a taylor swift song in yes a way, yeah. exactly and so <laughs> it was just but that was my first experience of love bombing okay and like it, like that first on of like this intensive like one month of it yeah one then, whole month of it so then what happened after that nothing we just stopped talking i okay. mean he didn't want to be in a relationship you moved back and to I, la pete holmes yeah we got it All right. <laughs> i relaxed a little bit i was like this is not about me this is more about him than it is right. in his projections of me and he would be like you don't know how hard this decision was i'm like what <laughs> just you're not into me it's okay like that's fine yeah like why lie about it or why like convince yourself for it and that was sad you don't so you think that okay after the you guys do you guys still have communication at all no no okay um hmm i don't know why people would do that do you think that it's it's a narcissism or do you think it's there's any sincere like do you think they believe what they're saying i think he believed what he was saying and i think then when he realized that he didn't actually mean it he felt really bad about it and then confronted me about it and then it was like my fault though right it was like oh but you do this and you listen to too much he did say you listen to too much taylor swift and do you listen to too much Taylor Swift? i do but i'm like (laughs) driving him around in my car yeah right i'm picking him up and taking him home and doing all these things. You so get it's to like decide I'm putting, what's on the music. Yeah. And it's like not that I was like drowning him. One time I did like listen to the whole album because it was like already on there. And Which so I was album? like, it was a folklore album. Okay. Yeah. And I've That's like one song album. came on and I was like, oh, this is Bony like Virus such a good. on there. Yeah. <laughs> he is. And he and so we were like talking about the songs, and that's at one point he was like, I'm miserable. And I was like, why? And I didn't like even connect it because like other times. This during the pandemic too, right? This was last August. Yeah. So it's like right when like people, things are like opening up again Mm -hmm. and things are like happening and mass mandates are going down and it's like a lot of fun. And (laughs) but the whole Taylor Swift thing just really got to me. Yeah. It was like really, I was like, I'm not going to be shamed. I'm like driving. Did you sign him up for the fan club? That's what I would do. (laughs) Oh my god, that would have been so funny. I uh, someone uh, for years would sign me up for different things, organizations, and I still don't know who did it. If you're out there, well done. But uh, they signed me up for the Hanson fan club for like extreme right, (laughs) like political things. You know, my ex from college, his friends group used to do that to each other. Yeah, like they would put their phone numbers down for like spam fan calls club. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's a great move. I mean, you should do that. I mean, there's a lot of Taylor fan fan clubs. You could there. Well, yeah, I should. I don't have his email address. I could imagine what it is. Oh, he's a comedian. We'll figure it out. Later. Yeah, we can find it. We just go to the comedy he club and he sent us the bills. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And he he started this like he had an ex who was in a polyamorous relationship. So he really wanted to like experience that, which is fine. It's fine, but I'm not necessarily into it, but I wasn't against dating him. And I was open to whatever it would be um, with no pressure. I didn't ask to be exclusive. I didn't ask anything. And then he, a month later, was like, I'm not romantically, like, we're not romantically compatible. I'm like, but you just said all these things to me Mm -hmm. for a whole month. 
And he would say, he would be like, I'm just like wooed by you. That's what he would say. He's like, I'm just wooed by you. I just really am into you and I really like you. And uh, you're so smart and you're this and you're that. And I'm like, oh gosh. How much younger was he than you? Um, three years, four oh, years. Three years. Okay. So you've, you've, let me ask this. Uh, do you want to be in a monogamous relationship? That's what you want? Yeah, I think that's like the pressure from the culture and the family yeah. too, you know? And I think that's where I was raised, how I was raised to believe relationships are supposed to be. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have two younger sisters. Are they married? My sister is in a serious relationship. And just over the weekend, I was home and my dad sat her down in front of the other, both me and the other sister and was basically like, if this isn't the guy, you need to leave him. But if he is the guy, you need to get married. Wow. How and long have they been together? Not that long, like less than a year or about a year. And oh, so wow. for my sister is like, that's, it's that's a serious also, relationship, insane, but it's like yeah. also very new for her. Yeah. And my sister says to my dad, don't put pressure on the relationship. Right. He's like, I'm not putting pressure on the relationship. <laughs> What are you sure. talking about? It's yeah. So well, they don't know. They they're, don't know. This is old school and um, old school conservative Muslim family, yeah. and like you know. And my dad at one point in the conversation said, "You know, we're not like we're against dating anyways." I said, "Where in the Quran does it say that?" He's like, "It says it everywhere." I'm like, "No, that's not true. <laughs> like that's not true. Just because you came from a tradition that's like arranged marriages, both my parents do they want arranged. you to marry a Muslim, uh, Middle Eastern or Indian guy or something like that? I don't no? think so. I think they would prefer it, yeah, but I think it. they're also open to this idea they that I would be dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they want you. To have, they just want grandkids. Yeah. I think. Do you want to get married and have kids? I do. Okay. I do. But again, I'm like, do I want to, or is it because I grew up this yeah. with this like idea? I'm 30 and single, and I've been single for a long time when, now. When I was 30, um, I thought that I wanted to get married and have kids, but as I got older, I was like. That's not what I want. Yeah. But it, a lot of it was the pressure, not only from uh, my parents or uh, the culture, Persian culture, but just what we've been Taught. brainwashed to mm-hmm. thinking yeah. that that's the norm. Whereas mm-hmm. maybe that's not the norm for you. So actually, or maybe it is though. I feel like you are kind of a person that wants to get married and have kids. I do want to get married and have kids. I listen to a lot of Taylor Swift and watch <laughs> a lot of Bollywood movies. She's single. <laughs> oh, Bollywood movies too. Yeah. So there's, there's been, I grew up with it, right? Um, there's this pressure of wanting to get married, but there was also, so when I went to college, my dad was really against that idea. Cause he was like, why do you need to go to college? You're just going to get married and have wow. kids. And then I went, I got into grad school and we didn't tell my dad for a while. And that's when I moved to Chicago. We being your mom Mm -hmm. and my sisters. And so we told him at the, like a month that Zara is going to move and he lost it. And I had a family member who said to me, she's like, I don't want you to get a master's degree because then we would have to find someone with a higher (laughs) education than you. And I was like, what? That's not fair. And I'm like dating people. I'm dating comics. (laughs) Like I have no, (laughs) we don't have any. (laughs) Some of them don't even have college degrees. Yeah. Or if they do, it's like English. Yeah. (laughs) And writing, right? Um, So that was, that's also the, yeah, where they come from. It's kind of funny though, because I, and I guess I didn't think of that, but um, because like uh, Middle Eastern and and East Indian, uh, in addition to having uh, less respect for women, Traditionally, they also have a high, high, high degree of respect for education. Mm-hmm. So it'd be bizarre that your dad would not want you to go to college. Yeah. Maybe yeah. just to save some cash. Maybe. <laughs> but the, the family also comes from, like, I was the first female 
women to go to college and graduate. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I was the third person to go. I was the second to third person. We, me and my other cousin graduated at the same time to go to college um, of the family. So our family also comes from like not a, I want to call it poor, but just not a place that I was very educated okay. in Pakistan. So that came with the tradition and, you know, and fought on and stuff. So, but I went to college. I went to, got my master's degree. And Allah. Now, yeah. So now you have to, <laughs> now you have to find someone that's got a master's or better. <laughs> or better. I mean, I think that there is something to be said about being educated. I mean, comedians, I do say this about a lot of comedians, even the ones that don't have college degrees are the smartest people I know. Mm-hmm. I know one comedian comes to mind that I, I listened to him on a podcast recently. I was shocked that he didn't finish college because he's so smart yeah. and he's got such a, but, but does that, do you need someone to be, don't, don't you think you need someone to be somewhat intelligent because you are? Sure. Sure. You want to have like the same line of conversation with people. Right. Yeah. And you want to match, but that's with everything in life. Right. You want to have like the same political views as well. And not necessarily, not necessarily. These I days you like, almost yeah. These days. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's too it's a little extreme right now. So um, what are your deal breakers then? If it is, it's, if they, what if you meet a guy who's a comedian, doesn't have a college degree, not Muslim, um, emotionally mature, is that a deal breaker? I don't have many deal breakers. I deal, I date a lot of people that I would, that my friends would say that are deal breakers for them, but I'm like a very no, open. No deal breakers. I'm probably do. What are they? I don't know. What have you know, learned from all these bad mistakes? <laughs> Obviously, a comedian isn't a deal breaker, but is there a certain type of comedian that you're like, okay, well, I know <laughs> I can't take like, Is it drug use, alcohol? Is there oh, something? Oh, drug use might be comedy. one of it. Yeah, prop comedy. <laughs> Improv, really. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you're a comic expert. Like, what if they have bad taste in comedians? Like, That's you, really tough, right? Or if they don't like Taylor Swift, is that a deal breaker? No. Because really? a lot of people like Taylor Swift, a lot, especially a lot of men. And that's fine as long as they let they don't shame me for it, right? I don't want to be shamed around the things that I like and things I enjoy. So if their favorite comedian is Jeff Dunham, you're you're going to be like deal breaker? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like You okay. like Jeff Dunham? <laughs> no. Um, I don't Poor know about types of comics, but I think that a lot of people expect me. Well, I also feel like I know comedy really well. And yeah. I, know, I don't know the arts of it. I would love to take a stand-up class because I would love to learn a little bit more about the art of comedy um i'd appreciate it a little bit more so when people are not funny to me like baseline not funny not even just comics it's hard that's a deal breaker and they don't understand my sense of humor i'm very sarcastic and very open i'm also very extroverted so i have a lot of energy that i put into a lot of people and then i crave that back from others and so if they're not able to handle that that's a deal breaker so introverts are not a deal breaker but like very, very introverted people who aren't able to accommodate our deal breakers. Or if they're overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. And, and again, shame you for it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I remember I dated somebody who was like, do you ever stop talking? And I was like, oh, I'm gonna, we're done. So yeah. we're done here. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's like only because you're not talking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the emptiness, quite mm-hmm. like that, that drives people nuts too, mm-hmm. where it's like quiet. It's so funny because as a therapist, I can do silence so well, but with like dating and my own personal life, I hate silence and I'll talk over anyone. (laughs) Do you, um, do you think that there's other, like, 
have you learned one thing about a pattern of the guys that you're dating where you're like, okay, I need to stop dating guys. Like if they, if we put them all in physically or something about them, is there a characteristic other than being a comedian that you're like, I keep dating guys who do this, this. I keep dating guys who are very insecure about themselves. Okay. And then they project that insecurity onto me. Right. And then the pressure on me becomes like, I have to be good enough or I have to be worth something. And that, that should be within myself, not because someone's projecting it onto me. And I think the insecurities come with like, Oh, is she going to do this? Is she going to do that? Or she's this way, whatever it might be. And that's, that's the projection. So people who project onto others is like a deal breaker too. Okay. What about physically? Is there something that, that you have a pattern of dating? White like, men. What? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the common one. That <laughs> and rule. introverts. Like white men white who are men, introverts. Introverted. Yeah. Okay. That rules out the comedian that I thought she was dating before. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, maybe you need to explore outside of white comics. Maybe Maybe other races well, the, or, or the non The one who um, love-bombed me was not white. Okay. But I also, we weren't in a relationship. Yeah. So I also don't consider, you know, so there's a fine line between that. Was that like the other know. toxic relationship we were talking mm-hmm. about? That, okay. So we've covered the to- toxicity relationships. Now that you're in a, you've gone, you've dated more than one non-comic, I mm-hmm. assume. The, you know, there are com- non-comedians who are funny. Like, yeah. Like there are some of the funniest people I know are not comedians. Yeah. So. You just have to find a non-comic, I yeah. think. But how do you like find sense of humor through a dating app? You just you can look at, at certain apps like Hinge or some of the other ones. It has their bio there. You can tell if they're funny or not. No. Can't you? You're a therapist. Can't you just see, see that? You project <laughs> it? Come on. I try not to. I try not to put on my therapist hat when I'm dating. I and, know, but you can tell. But sometimes. that's also like the one intimidating thing about me is that everyone that I go on a first date with and I tell them that I'm a therapist, I've stopped saying that on dates because I do do therapy or I did in the past. Now I'm a crisis counselor, so it's easier to yeah. name a job. Um, but they'd be like, are you psychoanalyzing me? I'm like, I don't, that's not worth my time. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do that. I just want to get to know you or whatever you want to give to me. Like I'll listen. Yeah. Like I don't want to like be like, oh, what's your relationship like with your mom? But I have heard that I've had feedback said that I've asked these questions in a very like not Subtle direct, way, mm-hmm, yeah. where one time I was like, oh, are you like a mama's boy? He had said that. <laughs> he was like, like yeah, s- that was one of the first questions you had asked me. I was like, you must have said something to me <laughs> that made me prompt that question. Um, but that's also It's just inherent in your nature. You can't, you can't, if you're a therapist, by nature, you're you have the empathy, and you are going to try to pull things out of people. Mm-hmm. That's just how you are. You can't hide that. I don't. Try and that's to not hide a bad it. thing. It's good because then you can find out if you are in a pattern of a picking bad people. Yeah. Or like hurt emotionally people. unavailable yeah. people and hurt people. That's a good point too. Like people who've been hurt in the past by other women will project that onto the new Absolutely. relationships for sure. hundred percent. And then I'm like, let me solve it. Let me fix that. Let oh. me like change it. Or let me just show you something else. And that's not fun either. That's Cause worth. it's, if it comes from a projection, then it's not about either of us. It's about something else. Yeah. But you're trying to save these people too, in a way. Yeah. That's kind of like your, I feel like that's It's funny because I always say in therapy that I'm not there to save them. And I have that mentality. I don't have that mentality in, in 
sessions. And within the crisis world, I I don't try to do that. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to be empathetic. I'm going to relate. And then we're going to problem solve. Where in dating, it's like, ooh, let's problem solve. But let's also like dig deeper, you know? Hmm. So... And let's find out. Like, I had the guy that I'm dating right now, I had him do, like, just a few days ago, do the attachment styles quiz to figure out why we're, like, attached to each other the way that we are. And we both have the same attachment style, which is anxious, preoccupied. And that comes from this, like, derived of, like, the mom and the dad didn't give enough attention or didn't hug you enough or didn't say you they love you enough. And then you feel that the person, your partner is going to abandon you all the time. So Mm. everything, and I'm like, that makes so much sense to why we treat each other the way that we do. Well, you knew that that was your attachment style, right? I didn't until I took the quiz. Oh, wow. I knew I was anxious attachment. Yeah. My, my roommate, my old roommate, Stephen Haas, who's been a friend of the podcast. He once, like I was talking to him about dating and he lived with me for two years so he's like seen the men who i've brought to the apartment right and he goes do you know what attachment styles are and i was like this man is insulting me right now (laughs) i was like of course i do he's like you have anxious attachment style i was like okay whatever and i then i was like wait i do have anxious attachment i am very (laughs) anxious when i attach to other people and i fear the abandonment I fear that they don't love me or they don't want to be with me yeah right and then like the love bombing situation is like the opposite of that right so then now I'm being love bombed and now I'm like oh my god this is like exactly what I want this is like the validation I've been looking for and then it's like oh but I didn't mean it that's not good yeah does that make you hesitant with other people I mean is that maybe why you're with the person you're with now that the energy is kind of matched. It's yeah, the energy like is matched. Yeah. And that's really nice, but it's like really bad energy right now. Yeah. And like we fight a lot, but it's like because uh. we care about each other so much. And and it's like we're not dating. We're not a boyfriend, girlfriend. So that's like a problem in the relationship too. Is that like... How'd you guys meet? Um, on Tinder last okay. summer. So July. So we've been Tinder's, talking. That's, long, that's like a new record for Tinder. Mm-hmm. Usually those are like two-day dating situations. Mm-hmm. Well... Speaking of sessions being over, this one's over. Oh. Sorry, we went over we went over time here, but this is fascinating. We want I want to have you back here, uh, more more to just check to make sure you haven't dated another comedian. <laughs> like I I'll feel like know. I'm going to keep track of this date okay. and ensure that you do not date an, for one year. Just take a year off from comedians. No. Well, now happens. that I'm away from the club, it's been harder to date comedians because I don't see them as often mm, as I, I feel do. like you'll still do it. Yeah. But and one I'm year, like just around. take a year off. Not even like se- you can't even have sex or hook up with oh. a, a comedian for a okay. year. Okay. Well, that's a wow. Rule. That's a, yeah. That's a, you can 69, but that's it. Like that's, <laughs> the, that's the line. <laughs> Zara, where can people find... And your TikTok, we didn't even get to that, but you're blowing up on TikTok what? too. You do well. Yeah. I do okay. So actually my dad found about my TikTok, so now I can't post TikToks because he's like watching it. Oh no. And not that they were like too successful. It's just like they were. a lot of people. For me, it's successful. It's a lot of I men well. on there. So, but my Instagram is Dear Zara. Dear Zara. And so now I'm going to Instagram Reels. And okay. posting reels now because that's like my dad he is blocked. <laughs> so he can't find he can't find the Instagram. Awesome. Um so that's where people can find me. And well, then my link to my TikToks there too. Awesome. Well, go check that out. And uh 
if you're watching or listening to this podcast and you're watching her reels, make sure she's not dating any comedians as well. So <laughs> uh, thanks, Sarah, for coming on the podcast. I Thank really you appreciate for having it. Me. And thanks, Patty, for being here. Patty, what do you got coming up where people can see you? I have a uh, wonderful show we do the third Thursdays of the month at Tapas Tacos. Sorry, my phone's blowing up. Uh, I was just trying to find her on TikTok I know, I know. while you said her TikTok, and I was trying to find it right away before I forget. Uh, so I'll she be at doesn't Tatas. have an iPhone. They don't have the... <laughs> Vibrate mode, apparently. Go ahead. Use it. And uh, so Tata's Tacos, the third Thursday of the month, with some great comics from all of the Chicagoland area. And then the last Sunday of the month at Laugh Factory, Patty Vasquez and Friends, with uh, comics that I've met throughout my career. Hell yeah. Check it out. Check out Patty. Where can find out people find these uh, information about these shows? Follow me on uh, Facebook, Patty V Show, P-A-T-T-I-V Show. That's it. Thank you all for listening to another edition of Singles Only Podcast. (laughs) 